0: hey everybody welcome back to the safe stumbles podcast this is episode two and I'm Brandon here with Keith what's up everybody we uh, we thought for the second episode we would kind of run through uh, some of the potential hazards and uh, safety concerns in the home uh, we all spend a lot of time at home or maybe not as much time as we'd like but Uh, the home is probably the place that you have the most control over and, you know, the most ability to um, make things safe. And so we figured we'd run through some of the typical, you know, areas of concern um, and, uh, you know, bring up some of the things we could do to make it a little bit safer and and some of what the hazards are. So, uh, Keith, you want to start us off?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, the first one, uh, probably one of the more common things, the uh, burns from, from water or, uh, or a stove. Um, you know, my, my, do- my daughter's pretty active. She's eight, um, but, you know, not as bad now, but when she was younger, you know, she would pretty much touch everything, you know, run around and you know, always always kind of running around. And the, the way our kitchen is, it's uh, an island in, island, island in the middle where you can kind of run around like, like a circle there. Um, so... We it was very important for us to keep those pot handles inward, you know, as opposed to facing out, where she would run by and, and hit it. Um, also, no stools in that area, so a, a little a little person could could climb, you know, the stool and yeah, you know, touch a, a stove that there or a, a um, you know the stove that that's on or um, one of the burners that you're using. Uh, might also want to consider using a back burner just in case she does or or you know. Try to word it to want to touch one of the burners, but I think I think the most important and the, and the easiest thing to do would be to keep those pot handles, you know, facing inward as opposed to out, where they they could just hit it while while running around.
0: Sounds good. I I think another common uh, area of concern in the home isn't necessarily an appliance as much as it is just food in general, and you know it applies more toward younger children. Um, but, you know, cutting up food where food is stored, um, you know, in the in uh, the refrigerator, we want to keep, you know, the food that presents choking hazards like uh, grapes and, you know, mini carrots and other, you know, small, hard foods. We want to keep them higher so that if the kid gets into the refrigerator, uh, then they don't have access to it and, you know, just simple stuff like, you know, making sure that it's cut up small enough. Uh, when they're eating it Um, and you know in my house we have uh, a a range of ages on the kids you know my oldest is nine and my youngest is two so part of the part of the struggle is making sure the nine year old doesn't leave his food sitting around for you know the two-year-old to be able to get you know that she shouldn't be uh, that she shouldn't be eating Um, and two it's a little better but obviously when they're you know just getting mobile crawling you know six months to about a year and a half, it's more of a concern, but, um, you know, just kind of being aware of that, uh, also, you know, any of the packaging that the food comes in, make sure we dispose of it properly, uh, anything that comes in plastic bags, we tie that up and, you know, keep the, keep the trash can, um, secured as well so that then they can't get to that packaging. So, you know, in, in general, the, the food, the food concern is pretty common. I I think everybody's uh, pretty aware of that. Yeah, definitely. But, but it was just, you know, along with
1: that, I, I, we, we, have, we have two dogs and, you know, um, and a lot of times if, if I need to walk the dogs and say, say my, my daughter's having a snack or something, I, I, I wait to walk them because I, I, I still, even at, at at eight years old, I still worry that she's going to choke or something while I'm walking the dog. So I, I generally don't even leave the area when she's eating just because that is, I think that's a major concern. God forbid you come back and then she's choking or something.
0: Uh, I agree with that 100%, and that kind of goes toward our, um, you know, overall message of just being aware of what's going on around you. Um, eating in the car is one that we've always had, you know, my wife and I have always had mixed thoughts about because, you know, when they're buckled in behind you and you're driving down the road, there's not so much you can do. I remember uh, when my older son was younger, uh, we got mozzarella sticks, <laughs> and he was eating them in the back seat. And I looked in the rearview mirror and he was literally turning blue. Oh my gosh. Full on choking. Um, And so luckily I was at a place that, you know, we stopped, I was able to get it out and, you know, everything was okay, but it was obviously a very strong reminder to, uh, to pay attention to, you know, when kids are eating what they're eating. And so mozzarella sticks in the backseat probably (laughs) has not happened since then. Right, sure. Yeah, so, uh. Yeah, so great point. Just you know, but making sure that you have eyes on the kids when they're eating, whenever um, it's just a an, an easy way to avoid problems. Yeah. Okay,
1: so next on the list we have TV and furniture tip over. So, um, yeah, this this uh, is is pretty big, especially these TVs these days. Um, they're, they're hanging on walls, or my 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 parents have a TV actually. It's 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 one that could be on a wall, but it, but it's not. It's it's sitting on a uh, um, a, a table of some sort, and the way their kitchen is set up, the the one chair going into that that family room is it's like inches away from this uh, from the the step. One time, my brother was sitting at that chair, and he kind of went a little bit too far and f- kind of fell down on the step, hitting the TV. Now, God forbid, we we have we have a kid watching TV right in front of that TV, which happens all the time, and TV would have would have come right down. The so. Um, th- th- to your point about about being aware, you got to be aware as as of where the TVs are and, and what the furniture is in terms of in, in, you know, in fear of it being tipped over. But um all, they have like the wall anchors, um, you know, think things like that. Um, and also the with the stove, want to make sure that um, that that's locked. If you are cooking something, you, you may want to lock the stove so that in case a, a kid want to come over and try to pull it open, which which they do. Um, let make sure that that's that's locked and and secure, so that if they were to not open it, they wouldn't get either hit by the the door or burned by by the stove. Um But yeah, as far as TVs and furniture go, just just make sure that they're they're secure. Make sure that they they they're not in danger of of falling over on on a child.
0: And kind of going along with that is that my two-year-old daughter has recently reminded me of is. uh finding a way to secure the dishwasher because Uh. she enjoys opening the dishwasher while it's running. And then when she opens it, you know, what's the first thing that's sitting there, but all the plates that are breakable and all the (laughs) steak knives. So, you know, it's obviously a dangerous situation when they have access to all the stuff you don't want them to have access to. Um, So for dishwashers and for stoves, they have um, like little straps that you can lock both of them while they're closed by securing the front of the dishwasher or the stove to the cabinet. They're just little, uh, push straps. Um, so, you know, keep it in mind. The dishwasher can be another area of, uh, concern, um, that you want to keep an eye on. Nice.
1: Um, so then we have the, um,
0: blind courts. So, uh, For the blinds, you know, one of the concerns is when the cords hang low uh, because they're fastened at the bottom, so it almost always creates a little loop at the bottom, uh, which is obviously dangerous for little kids. Um, You know, they get themselves tangled up in it. You don't want it to choke them or anything like that. So uh, putting some kind of hook or, you know, sometimes there's um, little – knobs that you use to hold back the curtains or something like that just try to make sure that the cords are always up on those knobs or the hooks um, they have new products now where they don't even have cords and you just use two hands and you know you lift it up from the bottom and the blind auto retracts and then when you want it down you literally just grab it on either side and pull it down and they're cordless so i mean that that's obviously a, a benefit
1: yes so i i guess with the blind cords kids could easily get get themselves yeah, you know, caught caught in them, um, very very easily. And if, you, if 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 with with choking hazards, if you're not paying attention, if, if it it doesn't take very long, yeah yeah. If if you're gone for a minute or two, and next thing you know, you, you've got someone stuck in a cord. That's that's a very dangerous situation. So, I I I, I haven't seen these um these new these new blinds, but that that's a that's a good idea.
0: Yeah, I've seen them because my dog keeps tearing apart <laughs> keeps tearing apart the blinds in our front window. And I went over to Home Depot and saw that they have these new cordless blinds and they actually work really well. Uh, you just have to remember to use two hands and pull down from either side. Cause if you pull it down from the middle, like my son did one time, then it breaks and you have to go buy new ones. So use, use two hands on the cordless (laughs) blinds. Um, what, another simple, um, you know, thing that I think everybody's aware of, uh, but you always need to keep in mind is smoke detectors. Um, replacing them uh, the traditional um, thought was replacing them every six months you know usually around daylight savings time that's what you hear um, or when the little low battery uh, thing starts chirping but I know now that you know some of the smoke detectors are being advertised as being good for 10 years Um, yeah the kidda k-i-d-d-e the kidda smoke detectors I know they're Advertised as being good for 10 years, so that could be an alternative, and you know, just try to find a way to remember 10 years from now, right. now to replace them. Yeah, but uh, but smoke detectors are you know a, a traditional thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, we if we have
1: we just got a new smoke detector actually. Um, and it, it's somehow it it's um like a Bluetooth speaker too, so it's tied in with 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 Amazon. Um, so it's 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 like a smart speaker, like like the Google, like the, like the the Google Homes. You say, you know, "Hey Amazon, play this," whatever. But it lights up nice. It's it's cool. And, I mean, it it, it works too. It's, it is a working smoke detector. But so there, there are definitely some cool smoke detectors out there. Um, yeah, and obviously the the, the kitty one sounds pretty good. A ten year that sounds good. Um, along with the smoke detectors, the carbon monoxide detectors. This is one thing that terrifies me. I, I've seen too many stories recently about people going on vacation and and families dying, you know, a lot of times they're, they're not in America. It seems like they're, they're kind of, a few have been in Mexico I saw, but, um, but regardless, it's, it's a scary, it's a scary thing. Cause you know, carbon, carbon monoxide is odorless, um, colorless obviously. Um, so most new homes I think are being built with the carbon monoxide detectors. But if you have an older one, yeah, I think it's a must. You must get, you must get this carbon monoxide detector. Um, Symptoms with this include headache, nausea, drowsiness. Um, I think it's the last thing people think about though is carbon monoxide poisoning, but it's definitely be, be, because that's the last thing people are going to think about. I think you have to get a detector
0: in your house one of uh one of the other common uh safety concerns in the house is is really anything to do with water. Um, you know obviously there's a drowning concern. Uh, that is more prevalent with younger children and, you know, even older children. Um, if they're not, you know, being aware of themselves around water can find themselves in trouble. Um, you know, obviously bathtub, uh, when kids are getting a bath, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, one thing that I saw on social media somewhere was people used a uh, a laundry basket because it's got the holes in the side. Um, and it was fairly low. I mean, you know, only like a foot on the side, not the real tall ones. But they put a laundry basket in the tub while, you know, their toddler was taking a bath. And, you know, it was actually a really good idea because it confines them just to that smaller space rather than slipping and sliding up and down the tub. Yeah. Um, and kept them sitting upright because they could lean back on the on the laundry basket. So I thought that was a good yeah, idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, there's also... You can buy locks for the toilet lids. You know, some toddlers want to play in the toilet and they fall in headfirst and, oh. you know, find themselves in trouble. Um, if you have pools, like kiddie pools outside, make sure after it's done, you dump them and, and keep them upside down so water can't collect it there, even from rain or something like that. Um, you know, and particularly when you have small, you know, smaller children who are just getting mobile keep the bathroom doors closed uh, just so that they can't get into it. Um, And, you know, even like we were talking about before with keeping an eye on older kids, when they were eating, uh, we have to, you know, it's good to keep an eye on your older kids when, you know, even they're getting a bath or something. I have a a son who's six, and when he wakes up in the morning, he's pretty tired, and he likes to get a bath, and, you know, if you're not careful, he'll nod off in the tub. (laughs) So, you know, obviously, you know, just... The general awareness, just keeping an eye on them, um, right, can prevent problems.
1: Yeah, and uh, to, one more thing about that: if, if you do have a pool, like, like uh, above ground or in ground, in ground pool, you got to make sure that, that there's a gate around it, and you got to make sure that that gate is locked. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm I, uh, I'm an insurance agent, and I know that that we see that all too often. Even if, if it's not your own kids, it's kids that live in the neighborhood. Uh, you know, getting get, getting in there. I mean, it, it happens. It, it's it's rare, and you may not think it will happen, but it it, it does. So make sure if you have a pool, at that you have a gate around it, uh, a fence, and that fence is locked. Um, another thing around the house: the electrical outlets. Um, the, this is a this is such an easy thing to to, to fix. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a very dangerous situation. It could it could be. But just get get the um the outlet covers yeah you know, put put outlet covers over over, over you know in the, in the outlets that, that, that you're not using. Um, it, teach your kids about about it. I, that's that could be the most important thing. You know, just educate the, your your children about not playing with with the electric outlets. And also, you know, put put furniture you know, in in front of them so that the kids can't even get to them. You know, it's an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. If they don't see them, they're, they're not going to play with them. But the two biggest things with that educate the, your your kids about it and also just to, there's cheap plastic covers. Put them in there, and that that that, that should uh, solve a problem. Uh,
0: one uh, one thing that I recently did in our house that uh, I don't know that I would necessarily thought of before um, was we had to put in a new railing, and um, you know the the distance between the spindles um, can be a safety concern. Uh, sometimes, you know, especially younger kids can get themselves wedged in there. Uh, depending on how high up, you know, how open your stairs are, uh, kids can actually fall through the railing if the spindles are too far apart. Um, it, every township has te- actually has a building code about how far apart they can be. Um, but when we replaced our railing, we actually put the spindles a little closer together, uh maybe only like four to six inches apart so that, uh, even our younger daughter or really can't get her shoulders through there. Can't, you know, can't get herself into trouble. Um, if you have an older home and the railing is spaced further, the spindles are further apart, they sell, uh, like a fine netting, like a fine mesh netting, uh, that you can actually attach to the bottom and the top of the railing and it spans across, um, all the spindles and th- the kids can't even get in between them. So that's a, that's a useful, useful product. Um, but th- you know, again, the railing was something that really wasn't on my radar, Until recently, we had to deal with it, so yeah, um, worth mentioning.
1: Yeah, kids definitely like – like my my daughter, she sees our our railing as as her own little playground, so that's definitely something that the kids play on. Um, Another uh, household item, medications. Got to make sure your medications are either locked up or in a a, a place where kids just can't get to them, a high cabinet, um, a high medicine cabinet. ...somewhere the kids can't get to them because you know kids see this stuff and they, they think it's candy. I mean, it's, God forbid a kid gets a hold of your medicine. So keep those med- medications locked up or at least in a place where you know there's no chance or, or a very, very low chance of a kid actually um, get, getting them. Um, and, and obviously, with along with, also with medications... Uh, it seems like every time the kid is sick, it's it's three in the morning, it's four in the morning, it's late. You're tired, you're exhausted. Make sure you you, you look at the, for the, the proper doses to, to make sure you're not giving the, your kid too much uh, of of their of their own medicine. Um, so that you, 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 I think you got to be aware of that before going into it. Make sure you know exactly what you're doing so that at two or three in the morning you're not making a mistake or overdosing the, the kids.
0: Yeah, that's a great point, uh, especially with infants and toddlers uh especially with pain medication some are concentrated and some are not right so you know some they need a half a teaspoon and some they need two teaspoons depending on you know their weight um but yeah so it, that's a good point definitely pay attention to uh the dosing and you know kind of read it ahead of time so when right. you buy it so you know automatically how much you have to give them so yeah that, i mean right that, that's a good idea we actually read ahead of time yeah um it, Another thing that goes along with medications is, you know, any type of chemicals or household cleaners or, you know, the the common spot for them is under the kitchen sink, uh, you know, or under the bathroom sink. Um, obviously, that's where they're the most accessible. But you also, you know, like we were talking about before, locking up the, the stove and the dishwasher, you want to make sure that you have some cabinet locks on those if that's where you keep them. Uh, or even better, just keep them elevated uh, so that kids can't get to them you know maybe in a locked pantry or but you know behind some other locked door um you know as with all this stuff you know you have to weigh it out kind of as a cost benefit analysis if if you think back you know hey my my kid got a hold of this cleaner and wound up drinking some and we had to call poison control and you know it could be a bad situation the alternative was you know you have to take a few extra steps to get it out of a locked cabinet um you know it if you were given the choice at that point, obviously all of our thoughts are that you know it, it would have just been better to take a few extra steps. So, yeah. Um, you know, when it comes to securing all this stuff, you know, just keep it out of their reach, um, and then that way you don't ever have to worry about it. Yeah, it's,
1: it's it is strange that that's that's the place we keep our most harmful, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, liquids, yeah. yeah, in the yeah. most accessible place it in, in the house um and uh, to follow up with that maybe have that poison control number plugged in your phone or something because if again you're in that situation a kid drinks something you're freaking out it's not easy to, to remember the poison control number even look for it just have it have it plugged in your phone just type in letter p whatever comes up and it, and it hits a hit call so um so next actually oh boy this is a big one the laundry laundry detergent. Um, so th- this is typically we we keep ours on top of our, our our you know dryer I guess or in in the laundry room, not not very accessible for kids. Kids don't usually go go in that that area, but they 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 can and they do. And if they get a hold of a, this beautiful blue liquid, you know there's, there's a chance that they're they're going to drink it. Um, and going further with that, these pods that that have been kids older kids like teens have been. Doing this pod challenge, which is just insane to me, because I, I, when, I, when, I, when, when we were teenagers, I don't recall ever doing anything like anything like this. But kids are, are taking these 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 pods and, and eating them, um, so you you got to be aware of that. I mean, again, educate all your kids, young and old, and you know, obviously, just just keep them out of reach um, as much as possible. Keep the, the liquids out of reach from the younger kids. And educate the older kids not to eat the laundry detergent.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Keith. I don't I don't remember eating a lot of laundry detergent <laughs> as a kid, but you know those little pods again. They're colorful, and yeah, they, you know it, older kids should certainly know better, but younger kids might not. Right, so right, that's a good point. So just make sure they're locked up as well. Another, um, you know, area that you know I think everyone knows. You know, keep toys with small parts away from small children. Um, But sometimes, if you have multiple children or you have an active child, toy management is very difficult. Um, (laughs) Toy management. Yeah, yeah. toy management is very difficult. Um, You know, they get spread all over your house. Uh, It's another thing just you got to kind of always have your radar on for, um, you know, like I said, my kids are, you know, I got three kids, nine, six, and two. So, obviously, the toys that they're playing with are all very different. Um, You know, you have to, you know, you still want the older kids to be able to have things that they can play with. That's not a video game. And, uh, but you have to kind of be careful as to where they leave their stuff. Um, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, just different levels, anything the older, older boys use. I have them, you know, kind of sit up at a table and use and put away when they're done. And, you know, the, the floor and the, the smaller tables are reserved for, uh, the younger kids, um, with the bigger toys that are a little safer for them. Um, But, you know, keeping things in in mesh bags, keeping things in different bins and, you know, kind of keep them in age-appropriate places that that the kids can get to. Um, Because a lot of times kids will just play what's the easiest to get to. So as long as their toys are the first things they can reach, um, then that's good. They'll play with them and, you know, hopefully stay away from uh, the, the stuff that's not appropriate for them. So. Yeah, and and in your case, because
1: your kids are um, separated, that they're nine, six, and two, right? Yep. So, like the, the you know, if if the nine and the six year old are playing with Legos, they're they're a lot different than than the two year olds Legos. So, but the two year old gets gets a hold of of, of one of those Legos, I and mean, she puts it in her mouth. It, it's yeah, you, know, you got a real, you got a real, a real problem. So yep. Yeah, the toy management. Yeah, that that's that's very important. <laughs> yeah.
0: The logistics of toy management very right.
1: very difficult. <laughs> yeah. Um, next we got, uh, fall, you know, falls on, on stairs and, and windows. My, this r- reminds me of actually my, my brother who's, you know, in his forties at this point, but he, he, he actually f- he fell and, and went right, right, through a window and he actually he had to get surgery on his hand and everything. And he, he's a big kid, you know, but the little kids with the, the stairs, it's amazing to me that my daughter has never fallen down the stairs because the way she runs up and down the stairs, is just, it's just, ridiculous. But, um, yeah, and and uh, so when she was when she was a toddler, we had the gates, um, all, all locked or lined up right in front of the stairs. So that that helped out a lot when when she was younger. Um, yeah, obviously now she's a little older. Again, just kind of reminding her. Up the stairs. Um, but the gates the gates are huge. I, I think if you if you have a, a toddler, if you have a a, a young person that's just learning to crawl and, and just learning to walk and run. Crawling is one thing because you can kind of stay with them when they're running. It's tough to, to keep up with them. I think you need to have those those gates going down like a basement stairs or going up, you know, another set of stairs. So um, I think it's very important. Yeah, and and the, the screen placement you, you you mentioned earlier about but the, um, the going up and down the 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 the, yeah, the banister, yeah, the the stairs have them have that in there too, so they don't crawl through there and fall, fall down. If they can crawl through, you you gotta, you gotta have it. You gotta have that secure.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, even, and well, first with the gates, um, you know, when I was growing up, there were, there was like accordion expansion gates that never fit right. And right. They were a pain, but uh, I mean, now they have, um, almost like mesh screen gates that are more lightweight and are kind of under tension and they just pull across the top of the steps real easy and just hook into some brackets. So, you know, obviously they've gotten better. Um, But also for windows, uh, I know in our house, we actually have windows that are low enough that, you know, once the kids are three or four years old uh, and obviously they're walking around, um, you know, we have to be aware of the screens and the windows and the condition of the screens. And, you know, we kind of put furniture in front of those windows so the kids can't get to them because – you know, they hear something outside, the windows are open, it's nice weather. You know, they go over, they start pushing on the screens. And, you know, the last thing you want is, you know, for your kid to somehow get the screen loose right. and, uh, you know, fall out the window. Um So that, you know, when it comes to falling, that's just another thing to keep in mind. Yeah, definitely. Um And, you know, another kind of falling hazard is uh, furniture, you know, just chairs. Keep an eye on little ones. Um, You know, our two-year-old loves to climb up, you know, her, the, the little seat that she eats in is strapped to the chair and she tries to climb up the back of the chair to get in. And, uh, you know, obviously that presents a problem because if the chair falls over, it falls over on her. So, you know, we just, we, we try to keep all the chairs pushed in when we're not using them and, uh, you know, discourage her from, from climbing up the chair herself and make sure that we put her in and out. And when she's on, you know, in the chair that she's in a seat, it's secured to the chair, and, and she's buckled in. So, nice. j- just another easy way to, you know, try to minimize the the damage.
1: Yeah. All right. So then we move on to to the big one, uh, guns. So um, if if you have guns, and, and by all means, we, this is not a, a gun. We're not gonna focus too hard on, on the gun control issue here or anything like that. But certainly, if if, if you have guns. Um, hunting rifles things like that or even a revolver or anything yeah i mean just make sure it's locked up make sure it's, make sure it's it's not loaded and it's locked up you know, you if you have a guns you need a gun safe absolutely um, and it, it keep them far away from, from kids uh, i i remember being being a young being a young kid maybe not 9 10 years old I, I knew my dad had a gun in his closet and i remember one time i i actually got got my hands on it i, I went up went up to uh, Climb up in his closet and I I, I had my hands on his gun. I don't know if it was loaded. I I didn't do anything with it. I just, but I access it, you know. um, You you know, you got to make sure that they're unloaded and they are in a locked safe so that no one can get their hands on it, especially a young kid who's curious about these cool guns.
0: Yeah, and, you know, in the first episode, you know, I kind of, made reference to some mistakes that you can't make once. And, you know, then we were talking about kids running in a parking lot. Right. But, you know, this is kind of another one. Um, and again, not, not getting into the gun debate at all, but you know, if you have guns, they can't, you, they just cannot be in a place that kids could access. Um, you know, that's, it's a very unforgiving thing. And, you know, if a kid plays with it and winds up shooting himself or someone else, it's obviously going to be an immediately very, very bad situation. Um, and if you do have guns, you know, when your kids are the right age, you know, educate them, you know, what a gun is and how it works. And, you know, obviously their, their curiosity is what leads them to it. Um, so, you know, if, if it's appropriate, then, um, you know, make sure that they understand that, you know, they're dangerous and and they're not meant to be used as toys. Um, and and the other thing is don't hesitate to ask other people where your kids play if there's guns in that house. Um, you know, I've, had parents ask us and, and we've asked other parents and, you know, it can't be a taboo subject. No. Um, you know, if, if you have a concern and you want to know if there's guns in the house, then ask. And if they say yes, then ask how they're secured. And uh, I mean, you know, again, it's one of those things where would you rather ask an awkward question and right. and be informed or would you rather just hope that, you know, nothing, you know, inappropriate's going on there and then somehow, you know, somebody gets hurt. So, um, you know, so don't be shy with that. You yeah, know, it, we we should all be having conversations about this stuff.
1: Yeah, and and one more thing on that, I, I think we keep going back to this education thing, and that's, you got to educate your kids. You have to; they have to know, what what guns are, and you know the damage that they can cause. They have to know you know about, about guns. And I love I love your idea about asking other parents if they if they have guns. Just just be aware of, of what, of you know, of the
0: situation. So, uh, you know, I think one final thing, uh, particularly for, for parents of, of young children, basically infants, um, and, you know, smaller toddlers is, uh, just sleep safety. Um, you know, when they're babies, um, we have a tendency to want to, you know, treat infants as if they're adults who want to have multiple pillows and blankets and be snuggled in and everything. Um, but you know, and as everybody knows, when they you know have an infant, and they'll talk to you about it in the hospital, and and you know be part of the general information. But you know, you really want to keep all that stuff out of, um, particularly an infant's sleeping area. I mean, they shouldn't have any blankets. There shouldn't be any bumpers, you know, on the the crib rails. There should like it. It should really just be them, you know, swaddled, laying in the crib uh, to sleep. Because, you know, if they roll into even a stuffed animal or something, it, it, it makes breathing difficult. And, uh, again, you know, there's mistakes you don't want to, you know, there's certain things you don't even want to happen once. Um, I know uh, that there's a product out there now that's a mattress that it's almost like a uh, like a stiff loofah. Wow. So even when the kids are laying on their stomach, they can still breathe through the mattress, which right. is, you know, God bless technological uh, inventions <laughs> like that. But... um yeah, so just sleep safety, and you know, even toddlers, when you know, when they go into their toddler bed, just you know, be aware of the amount of soft material in their bed that they can pile on their head when they're sleeping. You know, I know my kids like to do that, right? Um, but you know, just you know, again, just basic awareness. Yeah, that, that, you yeah, know,
1: that, that this is a very very serious topic as well because it, it it happens. Yeah, chances are we 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 all know someone who who's been in this situation. So yeah, it basically ha not, there should be nothing in that crib up except, except the baby, nothing at all. So um yeah.
0: So I I think uh, you know, we hit a lot, probably not all. I'm I'm sure there's probably a few on, on your mind that maybe we didn't hit in the house, and you know, we'll get to it. Um, you know, I think one closing thought here again, just about you know, general safety and awareness is you know, as we're recording these first few episodes, it's the holidays and we're getting toward the new year. Um, And it's probably a good time to refresh our memories on some basic safety stuff. Um, You know, take a CPR course. I know I took one when my first son was born, but then it was a whole bunch of years uh went by and I thought, you know, I should probably take another one. Um So, you know, maybe pick a time every year. Maybe it's New Year's. Maybe, like I said before, it's daylight savings time or, or something like that. Uh, take a CPR course. Um, you know, make sure your first aid uh, supplies are stocked up. Um, you know, band aids and antibiotic cream and all that stuff, so that you know when you have uh, when you have a situation, you, you have the materials to deal with it. Um, so, did, Keith, was there any any other thoughts you had here to close us out? No, I I I, I agree with that. That definitely. I think we
1: should all we should all. Have have uh, some CPR training, um, maybe even learn you know learn the the, the hind leg in case you ever ever in that spot, um, and certainly you know, stock up on those first aid spots. I know our house we we need to stock up. I I don't think we even have any band aids left. So <laughs> stock up on that. Um, but uh, yeah, that I think
0: that's think that's pretty pretty much it. You know. Okay. Great. Well. Uh, you can head over to our website at safestumbles.com. Uh, we're going to make this checklist that we just went through available. Uh, you can go over and download it. Uh, leave us your email and we'll, we'll uh, you know, send out updates to you and, you know, future future lists and our product reviews. Um, and, uh, you know, many of the products that we talked about today are, are linked on our website as well. So I uh, hope everybody stays safe out there and uh, we'll see you for the next episode. Take care, guys. Thank you.